Northern Brewer is the proud sponsor of the Brewing Network's Jamil Show. They have the widest selection of domestic and imported malts and grain, hops from all over the world, and a full line of liquid and dry yeast. No matter what style of beer you're brewing, Northern Brewer has the ingredients you need, plus fast shipping and expert staff to help you make the best beer possible. Please visit northernbrewer.com for all things homebrew. All homebrewers have a favorite commercial beer, but not everyone can make it. Welcome to the show that teaches you how, where you can challenge two masters, Jamil Zainashev and Tasty McDole. This is the Jamil Show. Can you brew it? Now here's Jamil. Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Back for another episode of Can You Brew It with my good uh, buddy and co-host, Tasty McDowell. How you doing, Tasty? <laughs> A little under the weather? Well, I've been better. <laughs> Tasty's here, but his voice isn't. I borrowed someone else's. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mine gave out, so I kept jumping up a new one. Is that SF beer week catching up to you? <laughs> I mean, like one day of it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, you drink 24 hours. Without sleeping and eating and uh, Get carrying you. on, oh, wear you down. I think it's all the weeks preceding it that kind of got me. Yeah, even a young, healthy guy like you, yeah, you know, That's gonna me. do you in, Mr. Health. Somebody, somebody like me, old, old, worn-out, fat guy like me, be dead. <laughs> I would. I, I know this fact. I'll tell you what nearly killed me was working on this yeast book. I hear it's done. It's, it's done. I wow. I sent it off to the publisher uh, today. In the can. That's great. It's in the can. I have it in the can. I got the yeast I heard book you in like the can. It then. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I love I love having yeah. it in the can because uh-huh. that means I'm done. Wow. Well, pretty much done. I mean, the publisher sure. might come back and ask for changes or you know yeah. trimming here or there, but yeah, it turned out rather long. You know, their their standard book is uh, you know fifty to sixty thousand words, and this ended up uh, more about ninety thousand. Wow. I had a lot of information that needed to go in this thing. You know. There's a lot to know about yeast, for sure. Yeah, yeah, you know, a lot of uh, we try to get a lot of practical information in there and uh, oh, yeah. uh, make it useful. Not just a book about yeast, but a book. How do you, you know, work with yeast to get the best result for your beer? For beer, that's yeah. kind of the the goal of the thing, anyways. Hmm. So that should be on the store shelves in uh, in the fall. And I'm sure uh, somebody was asking whether we do a uh, like a signing again and have it in the uh, BN bookstore. And I'm, I'm sure we'd have signed copies in the BN bookstore. I don't know if we're gonna are we gonna do a whole uh, personalized signing thing again. That was a mess. We <laughs> just signed. How about that? Yeah, uh, yeah. It was a lot of work, but uh, it was fun. I mean, you know, we could do it. Yeah, got to coordinate with the other author this time too. So right, right, right. Two of you to come in and sign it. Right. Yeah. So uh, we, we might be able to do that. We'll, we'll see. See how we're feeling at that point. Right now, too tired to do anything but drink beer. Going to head out to the uh, San Francisco right after this and hang out in, in, in the city and oh, yeah. until Sunday and do the uh, Barlowine Festival. I'm, I'm judging. I'm on, the, uh, I'm on the best show panel, of course. Is that uh, right? Barlowine Festival. And, uh, so you'll yeah. be drinking barley wine at 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, he comes uh, in late. They're he comes in late at noon. Oh, you don't even have to do it. I see. two. Great. Yeah. You'll be in and, good and, shape. And only try the best ones. Yeah. So uh, that's great. That is nice. Yeah, there is a lot of a lot of great barley wines there. But, uh, you know, some of them are, are a lot better than others. Yeah. You know, so there'll be a, when you do the judging, you come across 
every once in a while, one or two, maybe that, eh, not really a great barley wine. It's okay. You know, that's pretty rare these days. And then the the, the vast majority of them, good, solid barley wine, enjoyable. Uh, and then like a certain percentage is, yeah, that's, that's a, you know, that's a damn fine barley wine. And then a couple of them that are just really, just outstanding. I mean, it, it's just a whole nother world. And that's, you know, on the best of show panel, that's, that's what you get is, uh, just a bunch of really outstanding ones usually. How many judges are on that panel? God, uh, the time I did it before there was, um, uh, maybe like eight, Okay. Six or eight. So it's a fairly big panel. And then um, I think there's probably about the same number of people this year as well. I think you might be judging down there with your buddy uh, Wicked Pete. Yeah. I saw Pete. uh, He's always there. Ah, He He shows up every year. I've judged with him before. All right. Uh, Yeah. Him and Tom are always on the final panel. Okay. Tom Daldorf. And Daldorf, too. Okay. All right. Yeah. Pete. I love Pete. He is a really great guy. Yeah. We're fans of his, too. Nice dude. He is... uh, He's really... uh, uh, wonderful person. I see him, uh, and he he's up at the uh, Northern California Homebrewers Festival. He shows up there too. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He likes these beer events. We mm-hmm. went to uh, Sean Paxton's beer dinner last night. Mm-hmm. He went to that, and that Sean did a great job. Uh, eight courses, which is which is a small number for Sean Paxton. Right. He likes to do thirteen. Yeah, uh, eight courses of uh, food and beer paired with Firestone Walker beer mm-hmm. and uh, DeProof. Right. Have you had any DeProof beers? Uh yeah 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 I liked those beers a lot yeah. and uh, anyway Sean did a great job there and uh, Pete was out for that too yeah I would have liked to have gone but I was working on the book ah your last day of the book yeah I I've been doing you know from crack of freaking dawn till two three a.m. yeah for the last God knows how many months that sounds miserable it's, it's just been killing me yeah <laughs> every day of the week it's just just uh just wore me out it's too much work you should try doing a radio show instead <laughs> yeah you don't have to do much when you do this i know <laughs> yeah it's pretty <laughs> much uh, 2 a.m yeah. to nothing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um i'm looking forward to this barley wine festival and 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 the great thing about it is um it's not even the beer it's that uh, people come in from all over for this thing. Yeah, yeah. Maybe people from all over the country and from outside the country, they all show up for this Barley Wine Festival. So you get to see a lot of your friends and you know meet a lot of interesting new people uh, that show up for this thing. So it's really cool. I don't well, think I'm going to go this time, even though I've. it'll be the first year I've missed since <laughs> I started going. It would have been like my fourth or fifth year in a row. But this SF Beer Week bullshit yeah. is killing me. <laughs> I mean, it's been one constant hangover, and I, I got to take a day your off. Your whole life has been one constant. Every day, you say not again. We, and which is since what, you were arrested in the parking lot of your high school. Yeah, that's been, true. It's uh, been one constant. big hangover. Yeah. And I just I don't think I can do it, man. My liver's barking at me today, and uh, I think I might miss it tomorrow. <laughs> what, what sound does your liver make? <laughs> it sounds a lot like a crying girl. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it sounds like. Sure, that's not just you. <laughs> So I don't know, man. I'm going to try. It's still in my plan to go tomorrow, but I'm just being honest with myself. I think I might puss out on the Barley Wine Fest tomorrow. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. More Barley Wine for me. You won't see me there. Yeah, I won't see Tasty. Well, you huh? know, I've been I've been losing interest in it. I, I'm uh, not a strong beer person, so uh, yeah. I've, you know, I stewarded there a couple times, and then, of course, yeah, it gave me access yeah. to all the beers, all the great ones. You like non-alcoholic beer? Yeah, or, right. Well, you know, something more sessionable. A little bit of... Uh, like 80% wine, or less. Wine, wine spritzers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So you know that I don't know. It's just and then when you go over to the bar, it's like trying all the beers. 
Yeah. It's just forever to get one. Well, and, there's a lot of other beer in San Francisco. The whole yeah, point you know being, yeah. there's a lot of other people there. And, yeah. You know, the crowds are a lot of fun. The, the, right. the people that you're going to run into are a lot of beer enthusiasts. Yeah, that's true. The, if the I were to go there, I would just go there and not drink barley wine to see who's yeah. there and talk to people. And yeah, yeah. Sneak into the... Yeah, pretty much the only barley wine I'm going to be drinking is at the barley wine tasting. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, All right. Good luck. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, uh, and... Uh, What's our challenge today? Well, Jeff Green wrote in from Sacramento, and uh, he loves the beers that he's tried, and you might have to help me uh, pronounce this. He loves the beers that he's tried from Known, Nagna? Nugnia. Nugnia. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. I would never have uh, thought that. I know. Yeah. You're like, Nung? Nung. Well, Nugnia. Nugnia. And he particularly likes the, uh, the number 100. Yeah. And uh, so he, he, but he thinks it's a real challenge for you guys, so he wanted to know. Can you brew it? Mm-hmm. Well, and, uh, you know, when this challenge came in, um, we've gotten a couple of requests from Nugnia, uh, or, you know, from people for Nugnia beers, and uh, the one was the um, uh, the Russian Imperial Stout. I can't think of the name of it now. Um, dark something or other. Uh, dark Lord? No, I don't know. Um, and, uh, you know, that's one beer I can't get here. Uh, but we can get a lot more of the Nugnia beers now. I went down to Monument Liquors, and I picked some up as soon as we got the requesting because I'd never tried their beers. And I tried the 100, the Porter, and uh, now we can get like four or five of them. And uh, I really liked it. I was thinking, you know, not – it doesn't really uh, – uh, the website, I guess the Shelton Brothers uh, website calls it a barley wine. And uh, – even you know, and then they ended up putting on a little barley wine style ale, and I'm thinking, eh, it's not really a barley wine. I mean, speaking of barley wine festival, hmm. not really a barley wine. Um, you know, it seemed a little you know less alcoholic, less thick than a barley wine, and uh, yeah, I really, I really liked it. I'm thinking, ah, oh, this is really cool. That's not a great barley wine, but yeah, okay, you know, we'll we'll go ahead and do this. And uh, you know, lo and behold, I talked to uh, uh, the uh, the brewer at uh, Nugnia, and uh, he was saying, "Yeah, it's not a barley wine." <laughs> he was, ah, they did that for like marketing purposes or something. <laughs> so uh, I was really pleased. It's it's got a uh, kind of a little bit of a um, you know a malty background to it. You know, kind of a biscuity background and and a good hop character to it, and um, you know, not a lot of caramel, but uh, you know, just a great. Uh, hoppy drinking beer. I think this is like a perfect beer for uh, Tasty to Brew. You know, it's <laughs> it's, it's kind of along his lines, I think. I had all the hops. Yeah. Because he uses American hops. Right, right. Yeah, he does a lot of American-style brewing. So I don't know really what the... Uh, I'd have to think about the, the uh, style category that this would be in, but uh, probably not barley wine. Anyways. Strong so, uh, you know, first thing I did was uh, uh, contact the brewery and uh, try and set them up for uh, for an interview. Well, they're in, uh, you know, uh, Norway, and uh, the uh, the time difference there, I ended up having to get up at 3 a.m. to do this, to do this interview. <laughs> so if I sound a little groggy and a little, a little slow. slow during this interview. You are. You, you, you gotta, you gotta, yeah, it's because I am. And even worse so at, at 3 a.m. after I got like two hours of sleep. So uh, while we do this, we'll take a short break. And when we come back, we'll hear from uh, Shital Jikun from the Nugnia Brewery back after this. 
Where were we? You stole an oak barrel from the mist of Ravenwood, and Lord Zinfandel the Avenger is in pursuit. Do you drop the barrel and run? Hells no. We need it for a Flinders Red. I'm going to cast Pediacacus Damnesis on the barrel. Sorry, your ghosts are imprisoned in his winery forever. Ugh, I hate it when Greg's the brewmaster. This sucks. What do we have here? Orville Rodenbach? Buzz off, guy. We got a brew session going. Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Do you get a long-lasting foam stand when you think about wheat malt? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs. Ingredients, equipment, and knowledge at northernbrewer.com. Plus, fast, cheap shipping. Only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the pre-prohibition lager. Perfect for steampunk. And the single hop best bitter. Now on cap and 10 forward. Make 10th level at northernbrewer.com BN Army members, are you looking for a discount on hops? Keep listening. Nico's Homebrew Supply at nicobrew.com has hops by the ounce and by the pound. Choose from varieties like Amarillo, Centennial, East Kent Goldings, Hollertower, Simcoe, Summit, Tomahawk, Warrior, Willamette, and more. And adding new varieties all the time, many for less than 20 bucks a pound. Whether a couple ounces at a time or an 11-pound bag, all hops are shipped vacuum-sealed and frozen straight to you. Nico's Homebrew Supply offers store-wide $5 flat-rate chip and won't waste your money on unnecessary overhead or advertising. They're going bare bones and passing the savings on to you. The staff at Nico's Homebrew Supply loves to brew and is committed to keeping homebrewing affordable and accessible to anyone who wants to join in this great hobby. And for a limited time, use coupon code BNARMY at checkout for a brewing network discount. Visit NicoBrew.com. That's N-I-K-O Brew.com for your hops and more. NicoBrew.com, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the, the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment 10 years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer at Brew Free or Die IPA in the Northeast, Northwest, parts of the Midwest, and Alaska, in cans and on draft. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Do you support the Brewing Network? Do you brew your own? Are you looking for any economical, fun, and legal way to do both? Subscribe to Brew Your Own magazine and do just that. All year long, Brew Your Own will surprise you, entertain you, and educate you with articles on beer and brewing from authors like the Brewing Network's very own Jamel Zedeshev and John Palmer. Each issue is a full pint of brewing techniques, homebrew stories, tips and photos, projects to make yourself, and recipes for the avid home brewer. Get your tough questions answered by Mr. Wizard and polish your style accuracy with Jamel. A portion of every subscription goes to the Brewing Network, so subscribe today at byo.com slash brewing network, or just click the BYO logo on the Brewing Network homepage and support a fantastic hobby and your favorite broadcaster. Brew your own, the how-to homebrew beer magazine. 
You're listening to the Brewing Network. I'm speaking with Shetel Chikun from the Nugnu Brewery in Grimstad, Norway. How you doing today, Shetel? I'm fine, thanks. It's great to be with you, Jamil. Oh, and I appreciate you joining us again. And, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, is always fascinating to me is... Um, Home brewers that that go professional. Now you started out as a home brewer, right? Yes, that's right. I did. And how did you make the the transition, or how did you uh, how did the craziness strike you to uh, go off and, and and start a brewery like this? Well, I guess if you if you really focus enough on on, on something, then it really occupies your mind totally and. You know, I guess it turned into an obsession, and it was uh, yeah, it was it was just I, I was overwhelmed by the idea of or the the fact that I could turn uh, that I could make some good brews at home, and there were no beers. I mean, no interesting beers available in Norway at all. There were just light lagers, basically, and I was just overwhelmed with that. I I had to come. You know, there's so many people responding positively to when they tasted my home brews i i was overwhelmed by the idea that i had to come out with i had to show norwegians that there are big fantastic flavors beer styles out there which are available and since nobody else brewed them then i thought i'd you know i have to take the responsibility and do so <laughs> i i guess if there were if there was a multitude of of beers and and, and interesting breweries in norway i would never do it i would <laughs> i would rather you know stay at home brewing my home home brews but mm-hmm. I just felt that I, I, I had to come out with these, these ideas. And um, at that time, I was working as a... Well, I'm still working as an airline pilot, but at that time, I was flying to the, to the U.S. a lot. And I brought all my homebrew books there. I brought my home... I hope I got my homebrew supplies from there. I had really heavy suitcases going home with bags <laughs> of malts and stuff. And I even brought beers back to brewers in the U.S. and ask them for inputs about what I was doing right or wrong. So my main main ref, point of reference was the U.S. Um, beer scene or craft beer scene. And that's how it ended up that many of our brews, or at least the brews we developed the first few years of, in, the first few years of operation, were heavily influenced by American craft beer and uh, you know the use of American hops and and lots of hops and high IBU beers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, that's very interesting. And uh, I imagine, you know, you're still doing the uh, the uh, airline pilot thing just because it gets you to all sorts of beer destinations, and that's probably <laughs> one of the reasons why you're doing it. Right? Unfortunately not. <laughs> I, I transferred to a different airline oh. type um three years ago the boeing 737 and it brings me to nowhere interesting so unfortunately <laughs> no I, I i guess i just do that to get an income now <laughs> oh, okay okay well that's one of the other alternatives i guess uh, for working is is income and uh but uh you know I, i'm starting to see your products uh on more store shelves and and more locations and and more uh popularity so i think the the brewery uh, may eventually be uh, quite the quite the thing. It, it may eventually pay off, even <laughs> even though I'm sure it, it's it, a it, labor it, of love. It is, it is nice with the brewery. It's uh, we we started as as you know 
people running it on our days off, weekends, uh, afternoons. Now there's nine people employed, and and it's 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 a nice place with with people, you know, having a, an everyday work there, and it's it's a great place to be with lots of nice people. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, and that's that's you know one of the you know if you can enjoy uh, you know work and enjoy your passion, then uh, it's well worth it. It really isn't about the money. It's it's more about uh, uh, doing what you love. I, I couldn't agree more. Well, and one of the things that people really seem to love is your uh, number 100, which is a, a barley wine. Uh, can you tell me something about well, that, Pierre? It's called a barley wine in the U.S. because Shelton Brothers, our, our importer, thought that that explained the, the, the flavor or... It, um, in, in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Norway, we don't call it a barley wine. We, we, we don't think it re- it's really brewed to any style, so we just call it uh, the 100 or the batch 100. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah, interesting. Yeah, because when I drank it, I also thought, you know, it's a little too roasty for any any sort of barley wine that, that I've had before. It's, uh, you know, it was uh, you know, very enjoyable, but... I was thinking not really along the lines of, uh, I think it was described maybe as an English barley wine uh, in what I read. I don't know. It's it's not. <laughs> I, I wouldn't really, no, I, I wouldn't call it an English barley wine at all. Mm-hmm. But the, the story behind it is that at that point, um, and this was in August 2004, we had been brewing for... Um, almost a year and a half in our homemade um, uh, homemade seven or what is it six six or seven barrel uh, system hard work we were about to go bankrupt every other month and um, we came to our batch 100 the, the 100th brew and uh one of my partners, he suggested that, why don't you, why don't we go, I was the one who brewed most of it, and he was like doing lots of bottling and stuff, and he said, why, why don't you go ahead and brew something which is not for sale? We were struggling to survive all the time, and he said, why don't you brew something which is just for us? Mm-hmm. Let's make something we will enjoy, and we think is interesting, and we don't care about the commercial aspect of it, which was like really not what we could afford doing, but, you know, mm-hmm. we were so tired, knackered, and we just needed something to stimulus, you know, as something which would we would enjoy for mm-hmm. once. Mm-hmm. So then I suggested that, okay, our 100th brew should be um, a double IPA or an imperial IPA. And yeah, it's a good idea, he said, and then he was thinking about it for a couple of days, and then he called me and he said, well, you know, I, I do fancy dark beers, so what do you think? Why, you like hoppy beers, I like dark beers, why don't we make something which is dark and hoppy. So how about a dark double IPA? <laughs> mm-hmm. And that was what that was what was in my mind when I brewed the batch 100. We have a tradition here in, in Nervino, um for doing uh, test batches uh, full full scale. <laughs> we don't have a pilot brewery. We we do full scale everything, and we it usually works out the first attempt. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this was a full-scale thing, even though we was only at that time we only had a six-barrel system, but it was the only thing we had, and brewed full-scale. And what we did was to make what we thought, as a first attempt, would be an imperial IPA, but with two percent um, 
uh, chocolate malt. Mm-hmm. And um, it ended up as what she tasted. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, well, and I, I like the beer even more, having heard the story. So, would you like um, more details about it? Or? Yeah, if, if you could. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, why don't we start with uh, the, the starting gravity? Starting gravity is 22.5 Play-Doh. Mm-hmm. And, no, actually, we've increased that in 23 now. Okay. It used to be 22.5, now it's 23. 23 Play-Doh. Okay. And... We tried the 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 idea was to make this as dry as possible. Uh, I mean, the, as as to to let it ferment as dry as possible, mm-hmm. low final gravity as possible. And with our Mary's Otter from Thomas Fawcett, which is so rich, um, it's there are limits to how dry you can get it. Basically, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure if you switch to another pale ale malt, you would get it much drier. But with our Mary's Otter pale ale malt. There are, limit, there are limits to it. So we mash it in... Well, maybe we should talk about the grist, the, the grains first. Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, as I said, there's 2% of chocolate malt. Mm-hmm. And then there's 10% of wheat malt because we wanted some lightness, some, something which would make it lighter or fresher. Mm-hmm. And the rest, the, the remaining 88% are Mary solder. Absolutely no crystal or caramel or anything because we wanted it to be dry. Mm-hmm. So we mash it in at 63 degrees C mm-hmm. uh, for 60 minutes in in attempting to make it as dry as possible. And then we uh, increase the temperature to 72 percent for to 72 degrees C for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And the, the whole idea in, in, in the mashing sequence is, is how to make it as dry as possible. Mm-hmm. We don't want this to have a big, big body. We'd like it to be as as um, well, attenuated as, as well as possible, mm-hmm. with given that given the the marisotter we use. And and what kind of finishing gravities are you getting on this? Um, let me have a look here. We get it as low as typically that would be uh, four point five Play-Doh finishing. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, how about the hopping? The hopping is uh, for bittering uh, Chinook uh, to. To um, 80 IBUs, mm-hmm. and um, we usually only calculate the bittering, the the IBUs from the the bittering hop only. The rest we think is is an additional bonus to our customers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then we add uh, Centennial. Or we boil, but the boil is 90 minutes, so the Chinook is then boiled for 90 minutes. Then there's a Centennial for the last 15 minutes of the boil. Uh-huh. And uh, we add Columbus. Um, we used to add it in the Whirlpool, and we had a hopback. Now, in our present system, we only use Columbus in our Whirlpool. Uh-huh. How long is your and whirlpool? Then, and then we dry hop it with Chinook okay. after mm-hmm. primary fermentation. Okay. 
Do you have the uh, amounts of those editions, the Centennial of the Columbus Commission Act? Um, in a uh, 45 um, hectoliter batch, uh-huh. then we add 10 kilos of Centennial and 5 kilos of Columbus. Uh-huh. And then for dry hopping, we use 5 kilos of Chinook. Okay. Great. And, you know, it, it seems like um, you know much more complex beer than the, uh, the grain bill would would have you believe <laughs> I, I agree with you yeah. and uh, I think that's that's um, I'm, I'm I really love this beer and I mm-hmm. think the reason is that it comes out so so very different from what you would anticipate when you see the grain bill mm-hmm. and also this is funny um, sometimes if I'm not driving <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'm being picked up by my wife after brewing mm-hmm. um, then I allow myself a beer or two when I'm when I'm transferring the work from the, the whirlpool and cooling it mm-hmm. and uh, very often the beer I crave for there and then is the batch 100 because I see I strongly feel that it's a very honest honest beer I, I feel it has some a very direct direct maltiness there's a hint of, of something roasted and there's lots of hops in there and to me it's like at the end of a brewing day uh, it just I, I feel that I'm, I'm getting I'm, I'm getting to taste what I've been working with the whole day mm-hmm. like this is the honest malt this is the honest hops you know direct and well it's a big beer but then you need then you get all these big flavors which to me is very honest and direct and uh, after brewing that, that's exactly what I need. And it's about uh, 10% uh, alcohol by volume. But, that's right, uh, yes. You know, I drank a, a bomber of it by myself. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, was, uh, it was very good. I, I thought, uh, you know, I didn't uh, sense any hot alcohols or, uh, you know, anything uh, real fusely and, and, you know, I... At at the end of it, I felt uh, very good. It, it wasn't, uh, you know, some some beers when they reach ten percent, they just don't uh, they just don't go down as easy and and aren't as enjoyable. And this one, uh, mm-hmm. I thought, was uh, very well brewed. Thank you, thanks. And and the yeast strain you use on this is uh, it's our it's what we use in most of our our British slash American um, beers. Uh, it's um, White Labs uh, 007, mm-hmm. uh, Dry British, I think it's called, mm-hmm. Dry British Ale Yeast, mm-hmm. which um, tenures well, flocculates well. Right. And and what do you ferment this at, temperature-wise? 20, 20 degrees C. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. And are you making any adjustments to your water for this beer? We do. We have, unfortunately, we have to make those adjustments for all beers because the, the, the water works, they or the, the treatment, water treatment plant, they filter filter it too too heavily. Um, this one is usually at uh, two hundred to two fifty ppm uh, calcium chloride after after we added calcium chloride to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And do you have any other tips for us for for trying to uh, meet this challenge? Um, 
I don't think so. I think if if uh, it's it's better to be to be um, too generous with the hops than going the other way. Uh, very often with our first batches in our old brewery, we ended up brewing this so it was almost undrinkable. It felt when it was fresh, and after aging, uh, it really came out really really nicely mm-hmm. and so we, we used to to hold it for six months before before we released it for that reason and I, I think that's the, the the best thing there is is, is an really is a mature aged uh, batch 100 that's how I like it mm-hmm. which means that if you're in doubt of um, your hop utilization rates in your calculations um, go for more instead of instead of less Mm-hmm. It's better to make this over hoppy and let it sit and age and enjoy it later. Mm-hmm. Also, I think the Columbus in the in the whirlpool is extremely important. I I really love the Columbus for adding at the end of the boil. It's uh, um, well, it's uh, it's it's very flavorful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got that. You get that um, spicy uh, kind of anisey licorice aroma i i think that's important how how long do you run your whirlpool for usually for uh well you mean when you say run our whirlpool yeah how um, well what we do is we mm-hmm. pump it from the, the brew kettle and into the whirlpool so it, that it takes, circulates uh, as it comes in at a high speed uh-huh. and that takes about five minutes and then we'll let it sit for another 25 to 30 typically before we transfer it okay all right. Uh, yeah, I find that's uh, that information is useful uh, as far as uh, trying to uh, replicate the beer. Okay. And that, yeah. that whirlpool mm-hmm. time. Right. Okay. Right. Great. Well, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this challenge because, uh, as I said, I tried that beer and I really liked it, and I thought it was uh, I thought it was different. I didn't think it was like any barley one I'd had, so I'm glad to hear that it's not uh, necessarily. A barley <laughs> it wasn't wine. intended to be barley yeah. wine. No, it wasn't. <laughs> oh, fantastic! Okay, well, thank you very much. I appreciate your time and uh, helping sure. us out with this uh, this challenge. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Their Williams German Pills is mashed with pure German Moravian two-row barley malt for a light blonde color and malty Christmas you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out their unique fermenters, draft equipment, bottling aids, and more. They even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection and enter promo code BREW at the order checkout for $5 off your next order over $50. Orders placed by 3 p.m. ship the same day. Again, go to williamsbrewing.com and enter promo code BREW at checkout for $5 off your next order. Brewing is easy the Williams way. Downtown Joe's, located in the historic Oberon Building in beautiful downtown Napa, California, offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. 
For 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Pub for the last four years in a row. Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his Tailwagon Amber Ale and Double Secret Probation IPA, are the perfect accent to riverside dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. Don't miss the Beer of the Month, Special Rotating Taps, and the BN Army Member Special. Wear your BN gear, get 10% off your beer. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer, food, and music. Downtown Joe's, the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmaster's database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmaster's Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmaster's Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BN Army in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. When Blickman Engineering set out to design a great brewing stand, they knew it had to be strong, adaptable, and last for a lifetime. The top-tier brewing stand is now proudly available at BlickmanEngineering.com. It grows with your brewing skills and equipment. Start with 5-gallon coolers on its heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves. Then move all the way up to 30-gallon pots on the high-output burner tiers. Speaking of burners, the custom Blickman Engineering top-tier burners are extremely powerful, efficient, and amazingly quiet. They have safety stops to center your pot and they'll last a lifetime and won't rust. The top-tier brewing stand allows virtually infinite combinations from traditional gravity systems to two tiers to completely horizontal. Configure your stand the way you want and have the freedom to change it at any time in the future. Your brewing stand should adapt with you, not force you to learn a new process. Visit BlickmanEngineering.com today to configure your top-tier brewing stand and to find a local Blickman retailer. You'll be surprised with all the flexible features and the competitive price. Start brewing with Blickman from the top tier. Live. Beer Radio. The Brewing Network. The Brewcasters. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. It's exactly. so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. Put you some sugar know. and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah. Now back to the challenge. Can you brew it? All right, we're back. We've been tasting this uh, uh, Nugnia 100, and uh, Tasty is the uh, the clone meister on this one. And uh, I really like this beer. And the, the interesting thing to me about this beer is that it's got a, a real caramel kind of taste to it you know there's a flavor component that's caramel like but there's no caramel malts in it you know and it's got a certain sweetness to it and i guess it's kind of like a barley wine but not really it's more like a uh if i called this an imperial red what do you think 
Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah Imperial definitely. red, maybe. Right. Yeah, um, that's closer than a barley wine to me. Yeah, it's yeah. it's, it's kind of like a, a red ale that's you know a big red ale with a lot of hops and like West Imperial West Coast red ale. Um, yeah, it's really good, and uh, I I like I like both of these. I think uh, I think you know, it's dead on. I, I, I say cloned. I don't I don't think it's anything but. How about you, Justin? Cloned. I also say cloned. Uh, we were talking about it. They, but for one, they look identical. I'll show it up in the webcam in a, in a minute here. But they look identical. Um, they even the aroma on this one, all everything coming yeah. off of it smells the same. The fermentation esters are identical. Yeah, both have um, that real. Well, you, you know, you said real caramelly, and that mm-hmm. mixed with a with like a strong chocolate note. Yeah, uh, both of them have that. It's it's cloned, Nutty, man. Biscuity chocolate. Yeah. It's a great beer. It's a real complex beer with a real simple recipe. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's um it's hoppier than I would have expected in in hearing about the beer before I've tried it. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I, I I tried the commercial example too. Right, right. Hoppier than I thought, but it works really well with those malts. Well, you know what's interesting? Uh Tasty had a keg of this at the uh Winterfest, the Brewing Network's uh, first Winterfest. Mm. And I got a chance to try it there. He's like, here, here, try this. And it was one of those experiences where, you know, based off my memory of the Nugnia 100, I was like, oh, this is cloned. You know, wow, this is this is the the beer. If you had handed me a glass and said, oh, here, I, I cracked open some Nugnia 100. You know, you want some? I'd be like, yeah, I love that beer. I would have tasted it. I would go, wow, yeah, that's good Nugnia. Yeah, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have... Uh, I wouldn't have thought thought otherwise. You could you could put I I I almost think you could put this in a in a Enigma bottle, give it to Shettle, and say here you know, give this a try, and he'd 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 be hard pressed to say it wasn't his beer. Wow, well that's, that's how close I think it is. Yeah, tasty. <laughs> well, you know, with my limited tasting ability here, <laughs> uh, yeah, we could give you a Pilsner <laughs> yeah. right now. You'd think it was Although the same. I peed in one glass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which one is it? <laughs> I can see one is not pee. Yeah. Um, they they taste really. They sound amazing. I can smell uh, uh, pretty well. Um, yeah, they taste almost identical. Uh, mm-hmm. There might be some slight difference. Um, I think uh, mine's probably a little bit hoppier, uh, a little more of a hop edge, but nothing I would change because I think in uh, mine's probably two months old. I assume the uh, Nugnia is probably pushing six months, if not a little bit more than that. Although I think. Uh, I'm surprised at how well their beers travel because yeah. well, it's the hopping. I think is probably what's helping. They're all pretty well, hopping, and they bottle condition them. And that's true. Mm. I think they're they're probably treated fairly well on the trip over because uh, you know all the all the ones I've had, they've been good. They're not stale in any way. I mean, yeah. they're you know that's a long trip, but I think it's in better condition than almost any beer I've gotten from Europe. Right. I would say that the, the beer condition and quality is is very high on these. Right. So, it's a fun beer, the, fun and easy. It was pretty uh, fun and easy beer to make. I thought. Uh, yeah, uh, Shuttle was extremely uh, generous with his information. And uh, let's see here: the starting gravity ten ninety seven, twenty three point one six Plato. Uh, your SRM is going to be at seventeen point five using the Mori uh, color. Uh, I've used about a hundred using uh, Rager one hundred point two. Uh, uh, tasting, I both like 90-minute boils, uh, no matter what you're doing. Uh, in this case, 90 minutes. Uh, let's see here. <clears throat> Pale ale malt, a uh, 
uh, Marisan or you know something crisp is what Tasty used. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas Fawcett, I think, is what uh, Shuttle uses. Uh, eight point eight kilograms, eighty eight percent of that. Ten uh, percent or one kilogram of wheat malt and two percent, two percent or uh, two hundred grams of uh, chocolate malt. Uh, for all you uh, Imperial Limited uh, people, which is you know I'm getting more and more away from doing this Imperial thing. I think I'm going to do percentages and metric, and then everybody just needs to calculate from there because it's just so much easier. <laughs> Uh, Imperial B, 19.4 pounds. This is for a six-gallon, uh, six-U.S. gallon batch of wort, which, you know, you end up with five finished gallons of beer. Um, 19.4 pounds and 2.2 pounds of wheat malt and 0.44 pounds of chocolate malt. I mean, 0.44 pounds. I mean, come on. Uh, that's why metrics is a lot easier. Uh, <clears throat> if you are an extract brewer, uh, you would go with, uh, uh, you know, for the for the wheat malt component, you're going to use uh, a, a wheat blend. They're all wheat blends. There's no, I don't know if there's 100% wheat extract out there. So it's all. Let's assume it's a 50% blend. You, you would go with uh, 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 1.6 kilos of uh, of a, a wheat liquid malt extract and 5.55 kilos of a uh, uh, British pale malt type extract, and then the 200 grams of chocolate malt for imperial. Uh, you're looking at uh, 12.25 pounds of uh, British Pale liquid malt extract and uh, 3.5 pounds of a uh, wheat extract. And then, again, the 0.44 pounds of chocolate malt. So so that would be for extract. Uh, and for, for regardless of what beer you're – what way you're brewing this thing, uh, hops would be uh, 48 grams of Chinook at 13% alpha acid uh, for 90 minutes. That's about 1.69 ounces. Then you're going to do 6.60.6 grams of uh, Centennial. That's a 10.5% alpha acid at 15 minutes. That works out to be 2.14 ounces of Centennial. And then uh, 30.3 grams of Columbus uh, at 15% alpha acid at 0 minutes, which is uh, 1.07 ounces of Columbus. Then you're going to do... Uh, 30.3 grams of Chinook, uh, 13% alpha acid uh, for dry hopping, which is also 1.07 ounces. I understand on the hops when you want to uh, need to know it in Imperial because when you go to the homebrew shops around here, they all sell them by the ounce. It's like, well, tell me if it's like under one ounce, under two ounce, under Mm -hmm. four ounces. So you know what size package to buy, right? Right, right. So when you measure them out, you measure them in grams. But I, I can understand needing to know something like that. So... You're buying the right size package of hops. In this case, you know, use one ounce and you're you're fine. You don't need to worry about the seven hundredths of an ounce. The yeast uh, is the White Labs uh, WLP007 Dry English Ale yeast, and I'll tell you that that is exactly the the, the flavor profile yeah. uh, of this beer. Uh, you're going to uh, for all grain. You're going to uh, do a rest at 145 degrees Fahrenheit for 60 minutes. You may need to go a little longer in order to ensure you get complete conversion at that low attempt. Then 161 Fahrenheit for 15 minutes. That'll that'll finish anything up real, mm-hmm. real quick. And then 168 degrees Fahrenheit for five minutes and 170 Fahrenheit for your uh, for your sparging. You will uh, ferment at 68 degrees Fahrenheit. 
Your final gravity is uh, 4.5 Plato is what you're targeting. Your calcium chloride, 200 to 250 parts per million. And, uh, you know, let age a little while. Uh, what did I leave out? Is that everything? I think that's everything you need to know to make this beer, huh? Did you give the final gravity? Uh, 4.5 Plato, which would be uh, 16.8, about uh, 10.18. Yeah. Thank you. What did yours finish at, Tasty? Uh, I actually got 10.22. See, you can't even tell the difference. No. You know, what matters is that what is there fully attenuated out to the same level so that the sweetness is identical. Right. Yeah, there is no difference between that. Finishing gravity, you know, when it's dextrins, you might might have gotten more long chain dextrins. They have no flavor impact. Yeah, really. a five to ten percent difference in dextrins is not going to be noticeable right. at all. But if it's uh, fermentables, then yeah, you're definitely right. going to notice that. But it'll change your finishing gravity. So, uh, you know, uh, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a short break? And when we come back, I want to hear all about how, how you brewed this thing tasty because it's really good. And I think everybody out there, they should be brewing this too because it is a great beer. And I think you'll really, really enjoy it if you, if you brew it. Back after this. Hi. My roommate's gone for the weekend and I'm wearing something flimsy. Listen, baby. I told you not to call me after 8. I got to go. Who is that? Your girlfriend? Set up, thug. Did you guys get the cauldron set up on the altar of my yard? If you weren't so busy getting booty calls, you'd know that. All right, I'm using the scroll of Mosher to boil the first decoction. You took too long. The color is now dark and past the point where you can still call it a pilsner. Yes, sucks. I hate it when Greg's the brewmaster. What's this? Poindexter Urkel? Dude, can't you see we're in the middle of a brew session? Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. <gasps> Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Do you belch White Labs 833 and crap Simcoe? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the Cylon Detecting Three-Hearted Ale and the collector's item Super Alt. Mine's in mint condition because it's still in the box. Make 10th level at northernbrewer.com. Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah. White Labs has home brewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Ah. Uh. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Hey, Push, the new brewery's looking good. Thanks, Finn. Piece by piece. Well, let's fire up. Whoa! Is that a new kettle? Yeah, just got it brand new, but paid half price. What? And that blade scale? 40% off. The new tap handle? Five bucks instead of 13. Got a new regulator for the brew stand, too, but five bucks instead of 25. Dude, where are you stealing all this stuff from? Where else? The more beer deal of the day. Announcing the beer, beer, and more beer deal of the day. Every day, a new fantastic deal from big items to small that will blow you away. Boil kettles, carboy carriers, sterile siphon starters, digital timers. Watch morebeer.com every day for a new deal, and you just might find the item you've been waiting for at a price you cannot believe. Hurry, because stock is limited on most items. 
And that sweet Guinness cap, let me guess, the, the more beer, beer deal, deal of the day. day. Yeah, I knew it. Come on, let's brew something. Find the more beer deal of the day at morebeer.com. Celebrity voices impersonated. Hey, BNers, Brewcaster Jay here. Are you tired of hearing about great beer here in the Brewing Network that you can't get at your local bottle shop? Well, we do interviews from all over the world, and we want to taste those beers, too. Finally, there's a place to turn for great beers from the other coast and beyond. Brewforia.com. Brewforia has an incredible selection of amazing beer, and they're adding more all the time. From breweries big and small, craft beer, imported beer, organic, and even gluten-free. You're going to love all the choices. When the brewcasters can't find an upcoming guest beer, we turn to Brewforia, and you should too. Just check the Brewing Network for the upcoming guest schedule and head to Brewforia.com for their beer. The great guys at Brewforia will even include free beer for you with qualifying orders. Free beer, BN Army. You know we like that. Visit our favorite online bottle shop today at B-R-E-W-F-O-R-I-A.com. That's Brewforia.com. Brewforia. When you can't get it, they can. Hilo, what's it feel like? Take awesome and multiply it by two. Yeah! <laughs> Spraying live beer radio all over your face. <laughs> Can't get any better than this, baby. It's the Brewing Network. And now, suck it, Tasty. All right. I'm enjoying this, uh, the Nugnia, and I'm enjoying the, uh, the clone, uh, McDowell's clone. Got a nice little buzz. So, so much that, uh, yeah, I, I just ended up, I was using two glasses. I'm like, uh, you know, I just poured them together. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. It's, it's that cloned. I don't, I don't need to taste them separate anymore. You need to put a G in Tasty's name somewhere. G, G, what, <laughs> what does that mean? That's For a G spot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So they, just, I don't know. Doesn't sound like Nugnia any more than Tasty would look oh, like. Oh, yeah. okay. okay. Right. Just stick a G in there. Don't have to pronounce it. I see. Silent G. <laughs> yeah. Silent G. That's how cloned it is. Taste, tasty Nya. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now. Yeah, I thought there was a G in McDole. <laughs> no. McDole. McDole. Nugdole. There you go. Nugdole. Nugdole. Right. Right. He likes it. I do. <laughs> All right, Tasty Nignol. Uh Tell us about your 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 brew process on this one, and uh, uh, any notes right. you might have. Well, let's see. Um, oh, this beer I just made six. Uh, say, I made a five gallon batch or six gallons uh, of uh, beer to, to get to knock out five gallons. Uh, reason for that is I just can't. Uh, well, maybe I didn't want uh, uh, two five gallon kegs of this barley wine. And I couldn't manage, in my system, I could only manage to, I think, up to 36 pounds of grain, and this would have been about 40, so I mm-hmm. just did the six gallons, which I put in, still put into my 12-gallon fermenter. Did a uh, 4,000 milliliter starter, mm-hmm. and uh, of the WLP007. So you made a, a four-liter starter, yeah. and you let that completely ferment out then you decanted the liquid and, and and pitched the result yes that is correct i pitched the uh, just decanted the liquid yeah mm-hmm. i did it ahead of time so that I would have that and uh, pitched it in there the it fermented i had a 90 percent uh i was 90 percent complete fermenting in three days uh, mm-hmm. just well, wasn't so much it was fantastic. vigorous <laughs> it wasn't as vigorous as my my house yeast in wp 001 uh-huh. it'd be blowing shit all over the place right. but it just went to work and 
you know, just grind, just grind yeah. away on this. It's uh, not wort. surprising that a lot of commercial breweries use this. It's, yeast. it's so controllable. It's just, but it just does its job. It's amazing. And it's, uh, you know, when I taste this beer, it doesn't seem English to me. I mean, because it's mm-hmm. maybe because it's got 100 IBUs of uh, American hops in it. But, right. uh, it's a great American yeah. style beer, I think. Right. I mean, even though it's using Maris Otter style malts mm-hmm. uh, in, in English yeast, it's still pretty, pretty American. Right. Well, and, you know, Stone uses a lot of, uh, you know, I, I see a lot of similarities between Nugnia uh, yeah. and, and Stone. Sure, I can see this in a Stone beer. bottle. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, and uh, one of the ways I, I figured out how to uh, pronounce a Shettle Zhihun was uh, oh, they, through uh, Greg uh, Cook's uh, video, uh, video yeah. vlog, blog thing. Yeah, uh, they did a collaboration beer or something. Yeah, and he went over there and uh, yeah. I watched those to, to learn. You sent me the link. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was great. And uh, I really enjoyed those. So I kind of got into that. So if you're if you're checking out, uh, yeah. I thought uh, Greg's uh, video blog thing was uh, actually quite well done. Yeah, you get to see the, the brew and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah if you Google that and you'll find that uh, real quick. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, and you know, and uh, you know, Shettle seemed like a really nice guy on the video. And I tell you, on the phone, he's a he's a he's a great man. He's mm-hmm. he's a wonderful wonderful person. A lot of a lot of fun to to talk with. In between the interviews, we do you know multiple interviews. And uh, in between, we talk, and before mm. we talk, and uh, really nice guy. You know, some of these, all, all these guys are nice, but some of them really stand out in your mind. You know, and some of them you really, uh, yeah, right. think highly of. I'm sorry, go ahead. All right, that's all right. No, 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 just move it along. You know here. me. All right, so, you know, I, I fermented this, as as he said, at 68 uh, Fahrenheit, whatever that is, Celsius, like somebody knows. And uh, the, I did this in December, so... Um, it, even here in California, uh, MySpace was, I think the ambient would have been about 60. So this wasn't, you know, I was applying heating pads to, to keep it up at, at 68. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, my house yeast, WLP-001, I'd have to be careful with that because mm-hmm. if I keep it at a, a, a new ferment at 68, if I start at 68, that thing will go up to, to 69 or, mm-hmm. or 70 because of the vigorous... You know, friction generating. Uh, I like, yeah, yeah. Ferment. Whenever I go to sixty nine, I get a lot of vigorous friction yeah, generating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, that's it. absolutely. Every time I hit sixty nine, that's what happens. Right. I've got to be careful. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So what I generally do when I'm heating up like that, especially uh, when I when, when I you're heating up like that, heating yeah, when I'm heating up at sixty nine, uh, <laughs> I'll like e I'll. Uh, I'll probably cool in about six, you know, I'll get it to 66 and stop and let it sit there a second uh-huh. and see if it wants to go any higher. Uh-huh. And, you know, so like I said, I, then I finally go up to 68 if it doesn't want to go by itself. Okay. So you started a little cooler on Yeah, this. a little cooler, just the first 12 hours, just to see if it wants to go up itself. Well, maybe the, 68 to 67. Yeah. Okay. Because I didn't want it to get, you right. know, I didn't want to have my run away. heating pad run it up to 68 and then have the well, fermentation drive it up to 70. And you know what's interesting? I think, uh, you know, that was the right thing to do because, you know, everybody else out there that's fermenting this, I would suggest starting at 66 and then, you know, for the first 24 hours and then ramping up because um, what the taller fermenters, they get uh, that, that, that pressure, that uh, partial pressure of CO2 and high static pressure. It um, suppresses like ester formation, things like that, and um, you know you end up with a cleaner beer. So like when Stone, they're like, "Yeah, we're fermenting at uh, you know seventy two. You can't do that because your beer is going to turn out like an you know like rocket fuel. Right. So uh, 
you know, they're not lying to you, but they're using these giant looks like a 100, pencil. 100 barrel <laughs> fermenters. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, you need to go a few degrees lower. If you do that at the, at the start of fermentation, uh, when all that ester stuff and fusel stuff is kind of determined, the first, you know, 12, 24 hours till all the growth is done, then uh, you can ramp the temperature up past that, and what you're going to get at that point is the same attenuation that they get, the same cleanup that they get at the end, all those things, you'll, you'll get those as well. So right. that's, that's kind of the, one of the tricks for, uh, you know, cloning these beers. You've got to take into account the... Uh, the differences in, in fermenters. Right. So, yeah, so on day two, I was at 68, and then uh, day four, you know, it was starting, starting to clear on the top, and I, you know, being the daughter that I am, I took a, you know, took a sample into my hydrometer jar, and uh, sure enough, it was uh, probably like 73% attenuation by then, so uh, let it go another, you know, four days or so, and then I uh, started kind of a slow ramp up. I did a, let it go up to 70 for couple days and then uh, I think I let it go up to 72 just for the last three days or something like that just to make sure everything's cleaned up and uh, rack the beer into cold storage and uh, I think I did filter it finally after about a week I think Mm -hmm. good job yeah it was a pretty fun beer to make real real simple recipe yeah Uh, had all the hops you know Chinook Centennial Columbus you know those are right in my uh Right in my freezer all the time for all Probably the other have beers. them on you right now. I might have a, some no in my you. pocket, yeah, yeah. Right. or in the car. Thought I uh, smelled something funny. Yeah, well, uh, I, was, I was intrigued by the uh, the mash profile though. 145 degrees for 60 minutes, uh-huh. and then 161 degrees for 15 minutes. Well, you know, for 161 for 15 minutes, ought to pretty much do the whole thing, right? I mean, that's right. You know, so I don't know what that was, but well, I anything think- we didn't do at 145. Surely got taken care of it at 161. Right, right. Yeah, and I think, you know, that that's one of the problems with a real low mash temperature is it takes a long time for yeah. that stuff to convert. And 60 right. may not do it. So I guess uh, you do 60 and then, you know, convert the rest of 165. In case you forgot some, yeah. Yeah. But it created a really, like we would expect, a highly fermentable wort. In, right. Uh, but my, with, an, the with beer enough dextrins really well. in there to... Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's uh, it's nice. It's got a, a great balance to it. And there's no crystal malts to you know to have to work against. It. It's really surprising how much yeah. crystal type flavor we yeah. get from both these beers. Know. You know, it's uh it's, it's it's a very complex beer with a very simple recipe. I think that's uh that's really cool. What would, think, it, what, know, what, what would it take to make this a barley wine? What do you think? Uh, say I said, say, well, we know this isn't a barley wine. But what would we do to to make it a barley uh, wine? You know, it isn't that it isn't necessarily a barley wine. It's just, um, I don't know, uh, you know, a, a kind of a different kind of uh, malt character, and maybe not uh, it's something more. Right now, it's it's quite bitter forward. It's 100 IBUs, and I think you know maybe you need a little more malt sweetness. Kind of to counter that is what I, I expect in a barley wine, mm-hmm. and then that that might be the the difference. So there's more gravity. Yeah, or you know, if you started throwing crystal malts in there, then you know that would do it. You know, you'd get that sweetness. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think this would be a great kit for our uh, for our fine sponsor, Northern Brewer. I think uh, you know they could yeah. could come up with a you know they they have a, a lot of great uh, recipes there, a lot of great kits. As a matter of fact, they got my evil twin on. How's that selling, by the way? Did you get any numbers from them yet? Or, uh, I don't know. You know I, don't, Harry, I see it all over the internet. They Everybody don't talk said, to me. They they avoid yeah. me. I think. I um, 
But yeah, yeah, the Evil Twin's a really popular recipe. Well, Northern Brewer has it in both extract and all grain kits. You pick it up. I've looked at the recipes, talked to them. Looks great to me. Um, and I think, uh, you know, if you try that one, it's excellent beer. But they got a lot of great beers. And the, the funny thing was, they asked me, hey, you know, you know, let's do a, let's do a kit together. I'm like, great. So I looked at what kits they have. I'm thinking, holy crap! They pretty much have everything cornered. I, yeah. I don't have a, I don't have a recipe that can really, you know, com- compete with they all have no these. Holes, no you know, holes to yeah, fill, no, so, yeah, yeah. You know, I'd just be making another version another of something they already got. And uh, but the evil twin thing is unique. So uh, that one, I'm thinking, okay, uh, here I got one that's unique that'll fit in there. And maybe I got some others. I, I, and I want to come up with something new uh, for Northern Brewer to put in there, but. And this would be a good one for them. I, th- I don't know that they have yeah, anything like this. Imperial well. Red, yeah, yeah. That's a it's a it's a nice beer. And uh, Northern Brewers, nice guys. You know, they are our sponsors. They keep this show going. They pay for this show, so you don't have to. So uh, if you get a chance, cruise on over to northernbrewer.com. Check them out. They got all sorts of great uh, equipment, supplies, uh, ingredients. Uh, you know, extensive malt selection. And uh, you know some of these these uh, beers we do on this show, I don't know uh, uh, that a lot of shops don't have all the malts to do some of them. And uh, Northern Brewer, every time has seemed to have what we need in order to do these beers. So I think it's pretty darn cool. And uh, what else uh, about this beer? Anything anything else you wanted to add before we uh, wrap it up? No, I think that's pretty much anything that uh, was out of the ordinary in the uh, in the making of the beer. Yeah. I do have questions from the chat too. No, 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 no questions. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're not Holding off taking questions. those today. We're not taking questions. <laughs> no, um, uh, one, one thing I, I might mention. I don't know if any, I, this makes sense, of course, but you know when, when I do these beers, I always adjust the the hopping amounts to to the actual IBUs of the hops that I have. Right. I right. mean, you know, the recipe we well, give and, is the recipe we give. Right. But, you know, if we need so many IBUs of Centennial at 15 minutes, I have to mm-hmm. increase or decrease my hops amounts to, to make that happen. Although one of the things I do is, you know, if, if it's an earlier edition, like a 90-minute edition, then I strictly use math. If I'm at, uh, let's see, uh, 13% on my Chinook, 48 grams, 90 minutes, and I have a, you know, a 12% or a 15% Chinook, I multiply you know, 48 grams times 13%. And then I divide it by whatever alpha acid I have, and that tells me how many grams oh, of, yeah. of my new hop that I should use. Right. Strict, uh, you know, I'll do that for 60-minute editions. Portion. As, you know, for dry hopping, I don't make that no, adjustment. That you have to worry for zero-minute, I don't make that adjustment. I get to 15-minute, then I'm making that adjustment, and maybe I don't make it quite as extensively. So it depends on, on which edition you're doing because, you know, the more you boil it, the more that really matters. The later the addition, the more really the 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 volume of hops you're using with the volume of uh, oh, I see. Uh, flavor that that's right. Now, one thing Palmer told me one time, he said he he was pretty sure, or thought that you know there was some relationship between the total amount of um, uh, hop uh, aroma and flavor compounds could also vary and and um, change along with your your percentage. Uh, you know, it was just a, a thing we're throwing around. I don't know that there's... Uh, some utilization, basically. Well, you know, so a 15% alpha acid hop, you know, the same version of 13%, you know, um, may not have the same level of flavor compounds as the 15% one would. But would more of it? 
Well, the, the thirteen percent have the, more. No, the fifteen would. As it goes oh. up, all these all these compounds go up. So it's oh, not just the bittering compounds, just, okay. not the alpha acids, not the bittering acids, but all the other all the other things, uh, colonialin or whatever. Right, right. All those other compounds go up with it. So I thought that was interesting. So there may be something to that as well. Mm-hmm. So if there's a wild difference between them, then you might need to take that account uh, as well for for flavor and aroma. All right. Uh, yeah, we got uh, we got questions. Yeah, a couple of questions about uh, because of the gravity of this beer. Uh, to start with, some some yeast and aeration questions. Uh, Craig's in the chat, and he says, "With big beers, I often hear uh, people recommend additional oxygenation during initial fermentation." But he says, "I thought any oxygen would be bad after fermentation begins." Yeah. So what you do is. Um uh, after the first doubling happens, after the first uh, the cells have replicated at least once, they've used up the, the so when you first when you first pitch and you, you add the oxygen, the yeast take up that oxygen they're using it to make sterols in order to for the membrane fluidity uh, permeability and all that right, and they need to to do this because when the cells replicate they they split off they take half of everything they have and they give it to their daughter cell. And so, you know, they're they're forming more, you know, membrane and all that. They've, it's got to be pliable. It's got to be in good condition to make that that happen. So they need these things. You read a book about this kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah as a matter of fact, I got a book. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. The answer to your questions in a book. Mm-hmm. And uh, in that book, uh, in that yeast book, what we say is. Um, uh, Daughter um, said, yeah. All right. So, you know, after that doubling. They've used the the sterols that they formed with that oxygen, and they can really use more at this point. Now when you add oxygen, they can take it up again and make use of it to form more sterols. The thing about oxygen is if you try and jam all that oxygen at the very beginning, and you try and put it all in too early before they've done all this this doubling, uh, you're really going to generate more fusel alcohols. And it's going to become a solventy beer. This is one of the problems that Chad had with his loggers. He was adding, he was working medical supply and had access to a lot of oxygen. He was, was adding free. a lot of oxygen, <laughs> and it was giving him a solventy beer because fusel alcohols go up when you get excessive oxygen in there. So that's why you do this first. Uh, you know, you do your average oxygenation one minute and one liter a minute with a centered stone and a five gallons will do it. You wait at least 12 hours, so they've done their one doubling. You can go 12 to like 18 hours. You don't want them to be deep into fermentation because then you're creating a lot of off flavors. You're oxidizing things and creating diacetyl and things like that. Um, so like 12, between 12 and 18 hours, and then you go ahead and give them another dose of oxygen, like a, you know maybe um, 30 seconds uh, you know, at one liter a minute uh, with the centered stone. Uh, 30 to 45 seconds in there. And that will uh, give enough oxygen to do some more doubling and more growth. So, uh, yeah, it will, it will help. And the yeast will, you know, they'll continue their processes and they'll, they'll suck that oxygen up and uh, it'll give them the, the membrane fluidity they need and the, uh, for regulating stuff going in and out of the cell, the alcohols, things like that. So they're, they're much better off. So that will drive attenuation even further down um so yeah you can you can actually do that i wouldn't do it like you know 48 hours later no 24 36 yeah between 12 to 18 hours when you want to do it Hmm. okay 
And last question. Greg Greg loves beer in the chat room. Um, he wants a little more insight into the aging and conditioning of this beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially because he says it kind of seems to come up a lot on Can You Brew It? Um, you know, you had mentioned that you ate that this beer's about two months old. I think he's looking for how you would age it properly, how long you think maybe is, is, is when it's in its prime. He wasn't too specific other than more insight into the aging and conditioning of this beer well uh you know i have filtered this beer and and, uh even though it still has a pretty definite hop edge to it uh it's two months old i would expect in another three months it's going to be a much more malt forward beer Mm -hmm. Uh, the hops are definitely dominating dominating the beer um just the nature of uh trying to balance out uh you know, twenty-three Plato uh, starting gravity, not not to be so sweet. So um, that's the only thing left in this beer. Is just to give it a little bit more time. I think that uh, it's one of the things that the the brewer suggested is that you age it about six months. Mm-hmm. He probably does most of his aging while it's being transported from Norway to San Francisco yeah, to, yeah. to my right. beer shop. Well, yeah, it'll it'll take some time on the shelves and all that, and. Uh, uh, they also bottle condition their yeah. their beers with uh, Nottingham yeast, and uh, I think that helps it kind of uh, you know as, yeah. as long as the beer is treated well and the yeast don't break down, um, they've got a chance to uh, you know help scrub oxygen things like that. So I went and uh, picked these up. Um, they weren't at the shop that long. Is there a date on there? Uh, before I picked them up, I think. Um, it looked like a, a new shipment had come in when I went and picked this up. And uh, uh, I immediately took it home and put it into uh, nice cold storage uh, in, in the low 30s uh, and did not move it around at all. So I think that's you know part of why it's in, in, in such good shape. Um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't equate that with a beer that's, you know, six months old. So, uh, so, so my my filtering was really wasn't really necessary. I could just let this thing set for right three months and then start drinking it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't you don't necessarily have to filter. Okay. So, uh, yeah, good beer. And you know, one of the things when we when we did this, my concern is I don't think you know necessarily a lot of people have heard of Nugnia, um, and they're really good beers. So yeah. if you get a chance to 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 go out and buy some Nugnia beers, you see some on the shelf at your store. Go ahead and pick them up. They're not cheap, but they're they're worth it. And it's a good brewery and 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 lots of good products. And I would uh, I'd highly recommend giving them a try. And uh, you know, pick up some uh, number one hundred and uh, brew your own version and and compare them side by side. See see how well you do. See if you can uh, match uh, Tasty's uh, expertise in uh, brewing this. I think I see most of you can. I see at least a couple people in the chat are, are going to brew it. Tomorrow, like this tomorrow. weekend. Yeah. So yeah. you've already got their Well, excited. they've already had the 100 in the bottle, so yeah. I guess they, they know Well, they just, doing. like you guys said, it sounds like a simple recipe. It is really It simple. turns out a complex good beer. It so they're really good. So if you like, yeah. yeah. That yeast really is a, is a brewer's friend, for, as far as I know. Well, see, I, yeah. I wonder, you know, since, uh, you know, Shuttle and, and Greg are, you know, buddies, you know, I kind of think there's like a similarity here between maybe... Maybe some arrogant bastard, and uh, oh. you know, there's some some you know, arrogant bastard seems you know, yeah. a little bit complex, and you know, yet you know, maybe a real simple recipe. Hmm. Might have to rethink that, right? May just be all uh, you know. Uh, one of the listeners he said it's all crystal one twenty and some chocolate, and 
and uh, you know baseball. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. May just be, you know, very similar similar to this, a lot of ways. All right. Well, another great show, and uh, I guess it's off to the barley wine festival for me. If you get a chance to support our uh, our sponsor, Northern Brewer, they uh, the great guys out there. And we'll see you out there uh, June for the NHC, for the National Homebrewers Conference. Uh, I think all of us will be there. And we're actually going to stop by Northern Brewer and uh, probably have a little bit of a gathering there. So if you get a chance, uh, stop on by. And if you could, go to the uh, Brewing Network store. There's uh, a lot of uh, great uh, gear there. Uh, hop grenade goodies and Brew Strong goodies and books and all that. You'll see the yeast book in there eventually as well. And uh, if you can, buy some stuff. It'll help support the Brewing Network and keep programming like this running for you. Uh, Until next time, brew strong. And often.